One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hello, Egg Chasers. Uh, yeah, we're back again. I know, this is this is unprecedented. We'll have four podcasts out this week, yeah, if I've got like, Dungeon on our feed. That, the number of times people have said the word unprecedented is the most unprecedented thing that's happened in 2020, but this is unprecedented. It is unprecedented. A fourth podcast in, th- in three days. Yeah. Um, but there we go, we're, we're back in the Rugby Dungeon. I'm Tim. Uh, JB is right there. Hello. Fresh from rugby training. Rugby training's back, yeah. It, yes. uh, well, some teams started up on Thursday, if you're lucky enough to do so. So we started off tonight because we train... Once a week, it was awesome. Good. It was awesome. Good, 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 good. And um, yeah, we're back. We're back without Phil, who's away on business. And uh, well, I mean, basically, he's getting a bit of tier two pub action. I reckon he's absolutely getting tier. He's getting London tier two pub action. It's a disgrace. He's probably getting some Westminster pub action. Yeah, probably on probably. on our dime. Yeah, quite. Yeah, you're right as well. Or at least subsidised. Yeah, boys, you stay in. I'm going out boozing in Westminster. <laughs> Uh, but it, we are here because the the stories in the news today just demanded that um, that we are. So we're going to cover two main things in in this quick emergency podcast: um, the departure of Steve Diamond from Sale Sharks, and the impending um, concussion lawsuit involving seventy rugby players or former rugby players and counting. So uh, we'll get. I think we'll get into that meteor and. Uh, a more emotive one, second. Although, actually, this first one is really emotive for you, JB. <laughs> how, how are you? How, how have you taken the news? Well, reflection. I'm pretty disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty mm. disappointed. Um, yeah, pretty disappointed. Well, what about you? I am. I, I'm massively disappointed. Um, I mean, Steve Diamond is, is sale sharks to the core. He was a... He, play, he played just up the road from where we're sat right now yep. at Trafford Metrovic. Um Played for his local club, Sale Sharks, at the old Haywood Road. Was very successful as well. Uh, but a successful businessman who didn't need to go no. into coaching. Certainly didn't. Uh, but his, uh, over the last 10 years, he's really brought a bit of stability to the club. And definitely an identity. The club has very much been in, in his identity. And yes, quite. I wonder if that's maybe um, part of it. So the first question, the, the first thing I want to talk about is is like, why? And I think we're probably only going to be able to speculate here because the timing of it says to me this was in absolutely no way planned anticipated um or anything that anyone uh steve diamond included mm. was it was expecting to be doing i have i've got to admit um i had inklings nothing substantial enough to, for me to air publicly or and nor would i to be fair because until it's confirmed it's not confirmed but i did have inklings um it's my view 
there the are two characters here at Cell Shocks. Well, can I, just by process of elimination, can we just rule out that it was anything to do with how the team were performing on the pitch? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's rule that out completely. Yeah, it's not that. No. Um, there's two characters basically involved in, in, in the story. Um, I know them both reasonably well, uh, and that would be Simon Orange, who's one of the owners, and it's Steve Diamond. Who's, who was or maybe still is one of the part owners. Yes, who was also a part owner. And I think it's important that you mention them both in this because they're both you know, ferociously capable individuals. And I think when you have two guys, uh, and I missed out Jed Mason, who would be the other owner here, mm-hmm. who, again, is a phenomenal individual in his own right. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a sycophant. That doesn't mean I'm not a sycophant, but that's not the reason I'm saying it. Um, <laughs> two things can be true at the same time. Yes, two things can be absolutely true at at the same at the same time, um, but when you've got two guys like uh, Steve Diamond and and Simon Orange, I mean they're ferociously competitive, they're ferociously capable, uh, in, intelligent, and sometimes they just want to go in diff- different directions. Now I'm not saying that is the case, and I know that it, they have parted amicably. This is not you know some um, you usually know, they- amicably means you usually. Uh- Amicably means one party has written a check big enough that the other one <laughs> has gone. I'm without, sure there will be checks stink. changing hands. I mean, I'm absolutely sure that it will be amicable enough for the for the checks to, to change hands. Uh, but I, I honestly think that that is that is basically it. I mean, there's you know, two very very capable guys. There's a new chief of... new chief executive came in, a role which Steve Diamond ha- has had in the past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't think I don't think that's coincidental. Surely, you, no. like if you were just uh, you know. Taking a a kind of de- a brief detective's look at it, you'd go: new CEO comes in, Steve Diamond, who was a very very big character in that club, is now gone. Yeah, that it stands to reason that. Yeah. So you know, I, whereas I'm absolutely, um, I, I I'm I'm absolutely a Steve Diamond fan, and I continue to be. I'm not. Well, I'm. I'm not that worried about the future of the club. So, yes. like, sometimes you hear... Like, say if Rob Baxter walked out the door in in Exeter, I would Partic- assume... Particularly in these uncertain times, you'd think, oh, dear, Exeter are in... Yeah. Yeah. I would assume there'd be... I mean, actually, maybe that's a good... Like, maybe that's a good comparison, because Rob Baxter would be a serious loss, but I think the Exeter structures and systems might be strong enough to replace him. Uh, I certainly think that they're strong enough at Sale to replace him, but it's going to be one hell of an effort. So whoever comes in next, and that's a problem that Sale Shocks are going to have. Robert Robert Dupree, the coach. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me, I don't think we need they need any more Duprees, <laughs> that's for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, so whoever replaces him, it'll be Deacon in the, in the, in the short term, but then longer term, they're going to have to have someone with. Uh, maybe it's not one person. It might have to be a, t- a team of people, to be honest, because he did so much there. It might need to be uh, be two or three people. Yeah, I am. I'm disappointed from the point of view that there are so. I mean, there there are lots of great characters in the game, but there are few characters as big or as charismatic as yeah. Steve Diamond, and and he's great for the game. And from a totally selfish point of view, when I know that I have a Sail Shark game that I'm working on, and I'm going to be interviewing dimes there's an extra little bit of uh energy yeah uh, not just because it's you know the the it's only a 10 minute taxi ride to the ground rather than uh, traveling anywhere but just knowing or no not not knowing what's going to happen with dimes and i've had some absolutely amazing little ding-dongs with him in the past and, I, and if i hope i haven't done my last post or pre-match interview with steve diamond well 
maybe we should get, maybe we should su- suggest to BT Sports that they get him on the on, on the broadcast team. Uh, mate, I've I've said it to them. I've said it to people before. I think he'd be absolute dynamite on the telly. I do. Oh, it'd be brilliant. He would be brilliant. He's one of those characters uh, who, as you just pointed out, there tremendously charismatic. You know, when he wants to be charismatic, uh, and I think that's I think the beauty uh, the, the beauty of him as a character is it's just the range it's the range that he has. I mean, I've never met anyone like it, frankly, uh, who can, who's got all. I mean, let's, let's not let's not sugarcoat it. He does have some sharp, a sharper side to him, shall we oh, say? Oh yeah, no, I'm always prepared. So when, when I'm chatting to Steve Diamond, I, I always have an extra, maybe half dozen extra questions in the back of my mind <laughs> in case he gives me a monosyllabic no, no. yeah, no. Uh, because, which he's pr- he's prone to do from time to time, yeah. but then he'll come out with an absolutely corking one-liner. Um, <laughs> then he'll adamantly deny a player's not coming, who then signs two days later. Uh, yeah. It's just gr- great, great times. But um, so I guess we should re- reflect a bit, uh, reflect a bit about him. Really, um, he's not died. Yeah, I, I hope he's it's not. not I hope it's not a health issue as well. That's, I, that's one other possibility. I, that's the, one of the things I thought, but um, I, ho- I really hope it's not that. Obviously. Yeah. So. Um, uh, <laughs> If you think about what he's achieved at Sale over 10 years, it's phenomenal. Uh, he came in after John Mitchell, and that was not good. That was far, far from good. He had a very limited budget for the longest time. I, I do genuinely think, without Steve Diamond, we don't have Premiership Rugby in the Northwest. I don't think it exists. Sale would have been relegated a long time ago. Well, they might have had a year in the Championship. Do you think they come back, though? Do you think there's the interest? Yeah. yeah. Maybe they Well, may- maybe not. Well, there's not the interest now. Ten years after Steve Diamond, there isn't. They don't have many people going to watch and things mm. like that. But there's various other things that they're trying to solve in other ways, relocating the club, all the, all the rest of it. They're, they're trying to do that. But um, yeah, uh, he, yeah. you know, he's uh, he's done some fantastic things with recruitment. I mean, Fafter Clerk, uh, this it's no exaggeration to say Fafter Clerk's career was on a down, downward spiral when, when he signed for sale, um, and then from that he's got the Dupree boys. He's made some very smart signings elsewhere. Yeah. The academy is pumping out lads like uh, Ben, Ben and Tom Curry. God knows how many more there are uh, in there, but I can tell you the right James now, brothers. Yeah, there is a lot. Yeah. And then finally, when the club needs new backers, he was um, he was involved in getting the backers that they have now, who are just as important. Yeah. Um, I, 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 one player I would pick out actually. Um, Vadim Kovalash, for example. Yes. A Moldovan prop. You'll do. Moldovan? Was he Moldovan? Yeah, yeah, Moldovan. Yeah, yeah. Moldovan prop. Uh, plucked him out of nowhere. Helped him become a, a top flight prop and off he goes to Bordeaux uh, and has a great yeah, time. I think he's still playing. Yeah, still playing. So, yeah, yeah I, I think I think you're right. With with a limited budget, he's he was incredibly good at squeezing value out of players. That's what that's what I think you'll find disappointing is that he'd... I mean, they haven't had the greatest start to the season, albeit they've won two games. But... Um, Everything was set, and this particular year, when they've got such a big, deep squad, and so many games coming thick and fast, I think it was all. It was all. It, it, it is all set for whoever takes over. Just to, uh, I'm not sure if it is. You know, mm, I, I mean, is it? Like, it is it not like the Raiders without Al Davis? We will see. <laughs> we will see. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've got my fingers crossed for Alex Anderson. That is a great shout. Isn't that a good shout? That is a good shout. Jim Malinder. Not so much. But uh, yeah. I think Jim Ballander could be a shout. Oh, I don't know. I, a, the way it petered out at Northampton. Yeah, I, do you know, he, he's, he's class, though. He's he, good. he is class. 
What I don't like in rugby, or in football, I should say, is the same names going round and round in circles. Well, here's another one I would love to. I don't think you'll be able to lure him back because he seems very happy, but Richard Cockerell. That is a good shout. I bet that is a good shout. I just think that the fire and brimstone that Sanderson brings, uh, and he was, at one point, he was the youngest captain in the Premiership when he played for Sale. That's the one. That's the one that I, as a neutral, I think we'd all like to see. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, you, you, and other neutrals would love to to see that particular one. I just think Alex Anderson is going to want to be part of the the resurrection, the, the championship, the full story. Mm-hmm. No, he's he's going to want to be part of the full journey from the bottom back to the top again. He'll want to climb the mountain with Saracens again. I suspect. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because say if he did get it. You would have Saracens not only coaching themselves when they come back, but coaching Harlequins, mm-hmm. coaching Leicester Tigers, yeah. and potentially coaching Sale Sharks. You know, it's probably the closest thing you'd get to a modern-day NFL coaching tree. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Mm. So, one to watch. But, uh, yeah, we, I, I hope it's not the last we've seen of Steve Diamond involved in rugby. Because, as, as I said at the outset, I, I worry that it might be because there was clearly more than the rugby with Sale Sharks. He he loves that club. Oh, he really does. He really loves that club. So I suspect we maybe have seen the last of him in terms of hands-on uh, involvement yeah. in I, rug in rugby because he he's a very I can't he's a very successful businessman yeah, yeah. aside. I can't imagine he comes back into rugby in the in the Premiership. No, no. way is he taking the DOR job. That's that's my opinion. I don't know. I've not spoken. I, I I tend to agree. I can see him doing TV. I think that's the the, the I, I, yeah. I can see him doing some sort of consulting role. I can see him going into tier two. If someone paid him enough money to coach Georgia for three or four years, he, I can definitely see him in that sort of role. Yeah, um, He'd have to go to an, an international setup, I think, in order to lure him back. But I'm not even sure, but not a top flight one. He needs to be the absolute main man. And I don't think there's anyone in the pre- in Premiership, ownership-wise, outside of Sale Sharks, who'd be brave enough to, to, to have him. Mm. I think I tend to agree with you on One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, let's move on to the second big story then, which there were rumblings of it over the last few days. Um, confirmation and some flesh put on the bones of a litigation case that is pending involving, as it stands, 70 former rugby players, professional rugby players, uh, which is um, suing the suing World Rugby, the RFU, the WRU, mm-hmm. and uh, and other various various other bodies. I think I think that may be it. Yeah. Um, for brain injuries caused by concussions through their playing career. Yeah. And I think anyone could agree uh, and we we'll, you know we'll, we'll we'll dig into a little bit of the minutiae and the and the, and the nuance and the the substantive parts of it but just on on a human part of it 
hearing Steve Thompson say that sometimes he forgets his wife's name. You, it's unimaginable. Well, no, it's not unimaginable because we've all had. Uh, well, I, I've certainly had members of my family with uh, dementia, but to get early on uh, onset dementia in your forties and occasionally not be able to remember your wife's name, or if you Alex pop and go for a bike ride on a little loop near your house that's very very familiar and have a kind of blackout where suddenly you don't know where you are and how to get home, it's just it's horrendous, harrowing. If you watch that, and you know, I think it was was it Popham who yeah. could well be in a home yeah. by, by fifty, and you think, Jesus Christ, uh, and uh, you know, how much of this is a product of a sport which is relatively safe, meeting modern day sports science and strength and conditioning, and maybe we were never to know about this until it happened because, well, we'd we'd never had professional players, and as those professionals got more and more powerful, we need to really. You know, step back and think, oh, bloody hell! What, 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 what have we done? If there's seventy guys um, lodging this case, my guess is there could be many, many more. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know enough about it to say, you know, how serious it is, or, um, you know, when it started, or you know, or even what the solutions are. But certainly in the professional game. That we need to take some action, but I don't do not know. Well, I have I have a few ideas, but I certainly don't know um, exactly what the answer is. Yeah, trying to pass this out is difficult, isn't it? Um, because I think with any contact sport, you, you probably no, not probably. You have to accept there will be a risk of serious injury to any part of your body, in, yeah. including your head. That goes for boxing, mixed martial arts, football. Rugby, you name it, ice hockey, mm. NFL. There's all of this, and I think as with all of this, it comes down to the calculation of risks. Yep. Now, a lot of people brought up the the NFL concussion litigation that happened sort of around about how similar about are eight, they? eight nine years ago. Well, there are similarities. So what happened there was um, a lot of players. I think something like some eighteen hundred players across the league over many years. Uh, had a class action lawsuit um, seeking damages for CTE, this, this brain injury, and uh, the different the similarity is the type of sport and the type of injury. Mm. The difference is wh- how the NFL arrived at having to shell out one billion dollars yeah. to to support these players medically, and continuing monies being contributed to support other players who retire and then get these same symptoms. What the NFL did, when you look into it, is they denied there was an issue for years and years. Uh-huh. They outright said, they said things like, <laughs> they put this sort of doctor out in front and pushed him up, pushed him up in front of a microphone, and he said, you are more likely to have worse symptoms if you withdraw a player from the game, if they have an injury, than if you let them keep playing. What now? <laughs> I'm not even joking. Wow. I'm not even joking. So this is the kind of thing the NFL did. For some four years, they denied there was any issue. They they, they said these things, which now you look back, you, got, you think are absolutely ridiculous. Mm. And they did some really, really awful things like that. And so when they settled their £1 billion case, they still did it without prejudice. They still said, oh, we're just contributing money to the medical people because we care about these guys. We're not accepting any liability here. So the NFL haven't accepted any liability. And I think that's a critical thing because 
when you're bringing a, a court case forward, when you when you're suing someone, you have to have a, a an injury, and that's a technical term in law, but it also applies literally in this case. You have to have an injury, and you have to have um, liability to then get a relief. Yeah. And the liability is, is the interesting one because over the last number of years, world rugby have, as we've seen, brought in some, yeah, some changes. So it's just a question of is that is that I think it will be that middle ground before world rugby brought those in, and how, and and since, and an assessment of how negligent people have been. Yeah, call me a cynic, but I believe world rugby have seen this coming for a long time. Oh, I totally agree. I think they've been pr- planning for it, preparing for it. And I don't mean that in a malicious way, by the way. I mean, they've seen... Self-preservation, of course. Well, they've yeah. just seen people come off injured and thought, bloody hell, what's happening in the NFL? This brain injury thing is real. We need to make m- take action now. Because if we're not taking action, if we, at least we can demonstrate that we've done something and that we're taking it seriously. Whereas the NFL thing was, no, 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 oh, actually, yes. So I think they've they've seen this coming, and it's almost like an inevitability. And they've said, uh, "Right, we'll we'll make the changes preemptively." I, I think you're right in what you say. It is it is going to be different to the NFL case. I I do agree with that. Yeah, the NFL were it, it, from my eyes, and again, they've accepted no liability, but it seems like they were negligent. In it sounds like more than negligent. More, more than negligent, <laughs> they were pro- proactively denying that there was any issue yeah so do you want to hear my uh, controversial view on this go on um i really struggle in the same way i struggle with nations being able to control who they can pay and who they can't pay and who they you know and you know who who you can play for and this that, and the other i also struggle with the ethics around professional players i know that sounds absolutely nuts but when i put on my boots okay first of all i don't have access to professional conditioning and also i'm not a super athlete i'm not like i'm not saying i i I compare myself to these boys but when i put my boots on i am making a judgment about my health and safety and going out there to play and i strongly maintain that that is my choice and i've done the calculations and i think the risk of rugby for myself is absolutely fine yeah some some people calculate a risk and don't get on a plane yes exactly and they make their personal choice um yeah you i get far more out of rugby than uh than the um, then there is risk, basically. Now, when you start adding money into a situation, you're not that element of you making a calculation just about your welfare starts to get a bit a bit oh, diluted. Yeah. So if you offered me a fiver right now to hit myself in in the face with a hammer, I could either take it or not take it. But you know, I don't think there's too much coercion. When you start offering me like a million quid to do it. You start thinking like, well, okay, a million quid, I'm going to suffer a brain injury, but then I do get to you know, provide for my family and you know, I might not suffer a brain injury. And I think it's really dicey when we've got players who can earn literally millions of quid over a career. And it's a fun career. And you get all the social kudos and you get all of this stuff. Uh, and we say, you know, and then they might get a brain injury. And I think we've got to think really carefully about the ethics around professionalism in general. I know that sounds absolutely insane because you can't not make people professional. We can't go back back to the amateur era. But there are some there are some fundamental issues in the sport which I feel un- uncomfortable with. And one of them is, you know, is it okay? I mean, if you don't want to play because you think, bloody, like Shantane, Har- Sh- Shantane, yeah. Shantane Harpe, yeah. and you think, if I get one more blow to the head here, 
you know, I'm going to be out, be out cold. I, I need to hide this because if I tell someone I can't earn my £300,000 and I can't support my family and I can't pay, pay my mortgage, that is the most horrendous situation I can possibly think of being in. Yeah, and I, I remember lying about um, concussions when it came to going through the county, southwest and then England trials. I, I completely lied because I, I had a series of really bad concussions mm. to the point where like, I couldn't remember anything about the day before at one point I, I had a had a girlfriend at school and I had this vague recollection that we might have broken up and I had to call her oh on, you told me this yeah, yeah I, I, had, I had to call her on the Sunday night and go look not sorry to be funny are we are we together still or not like, I couldn't remember and that was three days before we'd broken up um, <laughs> and After. I, I, I completely lied about it so just because I was so desperate to go to the the, the South of England trial and uh, I, and I just I just lied yeah so, so if you go to an a an A League game right. Which I've I have done, admittedly, Norse. Uh, what you'll see is the senior players who get to play in the A League just not interested. They're not interested, and the players that are not uh, senior players are playing their hearts up because they are just hoping that maybe Dimes is there or Dean Richards. So then, what you have is these players. Say if you're you've started a handful of games, but then you're suffering from concussion. You know there is a whole academy beneath you who will happily take your 80 grand a year. Happily. And they're just waiting for you to pull, to pull up injured. So we've got some serious ethical questions to answer yeah. around and paying I'm, players and how we, how we deal with it. Uh, my brother was a, you know, a, a championship and then premiership player. And I know that he he just took... It wasn't it wasn't concussion based, but he just took uh, painkillers, had injections, yeah. regularly, I mean, just thing. to get through games. Yeah, that, like that, that. That's the other thing. Like the painkiller problem. I'm not saying it's a problem like it is in the NFL, but I imagine a lot of guys are on a lot of pain medication continually. Well, yeah. So there's something very there's something very visceral when you think about someone having a, a brain injury, and you hear like Alex Popham saying he couldn't couldn't work out how to get home, and Steve Thompson forgot the name of his wife. That's that's just heartbreaking stuff. But there are a lot of guys, ex-players, additionally, who can't have a, can't get a good night's sleep for the, the back pain or for, for, the, for the fifty years they're alive after they stop playing that yeah. they can't they can't get to sleep properly because their shoulders yeah uh, so, bad and, or they can't pick their kid up um, in the way they'd like. So my thought on this now is, well, first of all, we need less professional players. We need far far less um, because well, I'll, I'll explain why. Um, the other thing we need is n- not necessarily a change of law, change, a overhaul of the laws, because I'm quite happy with the game as it is, particularly at amateur level, where I suspect it's just about safe enough. Yeah, I think it's. I, safe I mean, I'm game on for people to do some yeah. research into that, but I, my suspicions would be that I agree with you that yeah. where you don't have these super athletes, uh, you won't have this. Uh, the, the, the level of risk will exponentially drop at the amateur level. And lastly, I think the only way to solve this is limiting professional games and limiting the amount of time that players can play. So whether that is 10 games a season, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but NFL guys are only on 16 games a season. I think that's too much. I've said this for God knows how long. We need to limit the games and not only limit the game, not only should we limit the games, we need to limit the games we need to have less players so we can play, pay the players that we have more money to accept this risk. Uh, and also, I guess the cost of rugby is going to have to go up in terms of how we deal with players that then, that, that then get hurt. 
Mm. I mean, if you think about it, in this tiny country of 70 million, we've got a premiership with 12 full-time professional teams, and we've got the Pro 4, Pro 4, the Pro 4 team. Uh, combine those, combine those two te- those two together. You've nearly got as many teams as pl- as play as play in the NFL. Yeah, you know, that's madness. You don't need that many um, uh, that many teams, that many games. Now, I love I love to watch the game, but I just think we need to limit the amount of professional rugby that rugby that we have. I think I I think I disagree with you uh, to some degree. I I don't think they need to necessarily play less games, although I understand why you say that. Mm. I think an, a change they could easily make, which actually some clubs have already implemented without it being uh, come down from on high. And in fact, Steve Diamond was one of the ones that uh, brought this in, was just re- massive reduction in the amount of contact through training. 100%. Because Steve Thompson himself said, he said, it's, do you know what, it's less the Saturday, it's more the it's more in the week. It's more the amount of contact you do in a week. Because if you think about the number of repetitions you do uh, in, in a week, the, the number of... The number of tackles in an elite game has gone up from the first World Cup to the to the World Cup just gone is over a thirty-two year period, mm. and it's and it's the, the number of tackles has gone up by about a factor of three or four, I think. So there was something like ninety tackles a game in nineteen eighty-seven, and there's like two hundred and thirty, two hundred and forty tackles a game. Nevertheless, the 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 number of collisions in games alone is. Is much less than I reckon than a, the average player would get between in the in the few training days yeah. you have, perhaps. But I mean, there are lads out there who could potentially play. I mean, uh, there are limits to games you can play full stop, actually. But you could play 30, 30 odd weeks of the year. Yeah, at, at the highest level, that is in, insane. Potentially, potentially, I don't think I would drop it as low as you're suggesting. I, uh, my feeling is about fifteen games. Mm, I know I don't like that. I don't. I, I don't. And I don't think. Mm. I but, don't, yeah, fifteen games doesn't mean fifteen weeks, though. So, I mean, if you have enough teams, you could have, you know, playing every other week. Mm. You know, there's lots of ways to do this, so we have more rugby for a longer period of time. Well, okay, so so there's that's one approach. Mm. It is the limiting the amount of game time. I would focus. I would try and reduce the amount of uh, incidents of uh, contact you have by a massive reduction in the amount of contact in training. Yep. Uh, that would be my approach to that first before I started massively redu- reducing the number of games. The other aspect is the style of the game. And uh, again, it's it's the unintended consequences. They solved one problem, arguably made another problem worse. They, they solved the issue of the scrum engagement, which, yes, there were people who were really sadly... Matt Hampson, great example. Yep. Um, who, Leicester Tigers, have done some incredible work uh, supporting after his sp- um, spinal injury. He was an England uh, junior player and had a spinal injury. And those spinal injuries, touch wood, and thank goodness, are much, much less prevalent. Yeah, that's a good point. We used to hear a lot about them, didn't we? Yeah. All the time. We we don't so much now. No, we don't, because they are, again, thankfully, um, and let's hope that continues, that they're not not the issue they were to the amount they were. However, in changing the scrum to the point where we talk about these reset scrums and you might have a three-minute period of an 80-minute game where everyone's stood around waiting for one scrum to happen, uh, that that is part of the reason why you get these giant men. When you get a three-minute yeah. three rest every 10 minutes, you can be two stone heavier than you, than you otherwise would what be. Do you, what do you make, right? And this is a bad example. I think I'm going somewhere with this. But what do you make of having, like, academy teams and... 
um, England under 21s and all the rest of it. I, mean, I, I kind of think that you know, when you're getting into these players, younger and younger and younger, and you're developing them with more and more um, modern sports science to get uh, uh, to get them bigger, I wonder if it'd just be worth sacking off everything which is not professional rugby at the top level, and saying, yeah, you, you come in, you come in smaller. We'll get rid of the England under twenty one setup, and we'll get rid of uh, Wales under twenties, and you know, just get, just get, get rid of it all. Go play at your clubs, and if you're good enough, you, you, you can come, and you'll come in as little scrawny guys. Wow. And then when, once you once you're in the club setup, by all means, lift as many wow. weights as you can. Except you, well. Well, yeah, there again, the private schools will still be churning out monsters, won't The they? private schools will still be churning out monsters, and so will Fiji, Samoa, <laughs> and Tonga. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think they're going to change their ways down down in South Africa. But no. actually, this might be the jolt, which we need to say, hang on a minute, how do we but, settle uh, this down? But, but I just go back to it, ball in playtime is key. Ch- you, ch- you, can, you can keep the game... Well, like not- eliminating, eliminating the knock-on. Uh, do you know what? Oh my goodness. There you go. World Rugby, will you finally listen to us after years of banging on about it and at least trial it somewhere? Trial it in one of these uh, provincial South African tournaments or yep. or in the under-20s or something. Try no knock-ons. It but, sounds ridiculous. I was compl- I, Me and Phil both sat here and laughed at you the first time you said it. There we go. But, but I, the more I think about it, the more, I mean, deliberate knock-ons, still a penalty as they always have been and always are. Yeah. But just and in, if it leads directly to a try, then maybe you don't. But uh, yes, yes, do that. There you go. Do that. Yeah. I do wonder where this will end up because you look at the reaction that this story has got, and people are always saying, "Let's progressively make it safer and safer and safer." I kind of see that. I certainly see. Well, it depends what you mean by safer. Yeah, well, just to draw a slight parallel with what we've seen this year with coronavirus, there are some people who you sort of feel that if anyone dies of a respirat- this particular respiratory yeah. illness, then that's one that's yeah. one too many. And I understand the principle of saying that, but it's, it's not, not true. It's it's not. It's, it's not how things work. It's not how things work. And if that sounds callous, then I'm callous. Mm. But that's not how things work. And and people, fourteen thousand people die every. Is it every week or every There's a, month or something a, like a that? A lot of people die from a lot of things, and generally speaking, it's and, worth it. And some of them are resp- respiratory illnesses, so inevitably, yeah. if there's a different respiratory illness... Car crashes are dreadful. Yeah. But nowhere near as dreadful as having no roads. So, you know, that... There you go. That, there's a good, that, that, uh, there is a good analogy. So it's, it's about balancing those risks. Yeah. And I don't think we need to completely overhaul rugby, and no. we don't need to just... Is it, is it, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. We, uh, yeah, I, I am concerned that it, it could be too reactionary. And if there's a time just to be calm and and really take a moment to think this one through, it's now. Yeah. The other problem is, how do you argue it? Because um, if I think about the risk, this is for me personally, right? At amateur level, I'm not talking about the pros. I think so, you should. I think you should stress that, JB, because some people quite like to take you out of context. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. There was, yeah. There, there, I, I usually wouldn't mention a podcast name, but I will. I'll, men, I'll, um, I'll mention the, the, mention these guys. They're called Line Break, and they decided that they would take a screenshot of something which I said, which explicitly says the pro game aside. I made a point when I, was, I, was, I made a tweet. I was talking about myself. And I think the risks that I take on the rugby pitch are worth it. And I even put in the tweet, 
the pro game aside because it's a it's a very very different. So game. so you've said two things there. You said the pro game the pro the pro game is a separate conversation. Let's park that one over there. And you've said I'm talking about my calculation yeah, of my me. risk. No one else versus reward. Me right. These scumbags and they are absolutely no. This is if you see a story about a professional athlete who has who suffered a brain injury, and your first thought is, I cannot wait to get on Twitter to score social media points so I can get three more listeners to my terrible podcast. You're, you're a scumbag. You're nothing more than an absolute scumbag. So I mean, that must, some people hear about um, CTE and all this stuff, and they do amazing things. Uh, Kevin Sinfield ran seven marathons Incredible, yeah. in seven days. Do you I mean, see the times of his marathons, yeah. by the way? Well, <laughs> well, you know, unbelievable. He's raised two million quid. Yeah, that's incredible. These utter losers who I guess have never played the game. They're, you know, they're a bunch of guys that have met, would you believe, well, I can believe, over Reddit. Over Reddit. And they're, they're not even... They're not even real friends, as in, like, we actually met as real friends. They're online... In a rugby club, JB. In a rugby club, which I doubt they've ever been to, right? Uh, they have launched this podcast, and as soon as they heard that these that these guys, the guys that we celebrate and watch, have got a brain injury, they use that as an excuse to go through someone's tweets. And I just think, is this the standard of, of the debate in, uh, in rugby now? That you hear something tragic and you use it to fur- to further your own ends. They are the scum of the earth. I, I just can't. I've never been so angry with uh, over someone ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it and go that they don't deserve your anger or anything. To be honest, I it could, was, I, but why can't I? Have, when I was growing up, I always thought I'd have an enemy worthy of myself. Someone like someone who looked like the Rock. But <laughs> I, I tend to just attract these absolute losers. I, I you know I can't understand well, it. Life for me, I. I Maybe it's because I work in broadcasting. I think it's part of the the only way you can get on in radio or telly or whatever for long enough is to not really care what what, I guess what, so. what people think. But the one constant in the people that seem to be most vocal about you or me or whatever, the one thing they seem to have in common is they have a, a blog or a podcast or uh, something that's much much less influential <laughs> and much much smaller. Substantially, I think there may I think there may be a little. There may be a thing going on there, JB. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't give him any thought. I think it, yeah. it, it's it's envy. But when it, when someone attacks your character uh, look, and all, your integrity, uh, my appeal is simply this: if you do look like the Rock and you want to be be my enemy, and you want uh, uh, <laughs> give me an uh, give me an adversary worthy of myself, please. Uh, so yeah, that 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 was that is my little rant. But seldom have I been so so angry about such scu- such scum. I think I think this lawsuit may well hinge on is what rugby has done as a sport over the past however many years sufficient that that they can avoid an accusation of negligence or have they maybe have they been negligent is it was it that they actually had the best of intentions but didn't know any better was it that they actually knew they should have been doing more but didn't do more i think that's basically where this this may hinge you've got to say they probably haven't but you have to counter out with they haven't yeah, they haven't. I feel sorry for them because they haven't. But like, how would you know? Now, what is the what is the piece of research that says you need to do X, you know X Y Z? Um, I don't know. You, whatever whatever they could have done, it it seems to be obvious by the fact there's seventy guys with with severe brain injuries that it wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, I suspect maybe in the case as with the case with NFL, perhaps rugby, which you know, there's been a lot of talk of rugby values. Uh, in 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 recently, I would imagine 
that liability or negligence or whatever aside, that the sport and the powers that be would want to support these players who, whether it was avoidable in the moment or not, they would want to support guys that are going through this sort of trouble and put measures in place to try and support other people who exit the game and then have similar symptoms because it is a big concern and one of the things I thought of and I, I, I don't really want to I don't want to speculate or get into it but one of the things I thought of was um, just suddenly Christophe Dominici popped in my head mm. because the number of retired NFL players who've taken their own life yep which then when autopsies and stuff have been done CTE they've had CTE yeah, injuries it's... and it, it, it can have the number of divorces that have happened um, well, yeah. uh, and like people have lost, people have had a head injury. You know, not necessarily just in rugby, but people have had a, a severe head injury, maybe in a car crash or something, and then their personality has completely changed. They've lost their job, lost their wife, and their. So it's it's something that still, even now, and this is what you know, a, a decade on from the, the big NFL lawsuit, we still don't totally understand. They still don't totally understand why and how it happens. They think it's these proteins in the brain called tau. I think I've got no idea. I think they're called, but they they think that it's to do with th- these proteins that happen. Maybe sometimes when a blood vessel is blocked up or something like that. And so they still. Don't, my, my point being, there are people that still don't understand it. So um, no, because I guess if you didn't understand it, that potentially you could cure it, and that would be the ultimate, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know actually. Would it? Would 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 suffering more brain injuries be the be the ultimate if we knew that we could cure it? You probably wouldn't want to suffer them in the first place, I guess. Mm, yeah. But yeah, I would. Uh, you know, that's the other hope, isn't it? That we get some sort of medical intervention. Yeah. Which uh, you know, you never know. It's, re- it's really it's some really really sad stories. I think <sighs> we're gonna. I worry. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I worry about the future of rugby. Yeah, you know, I've never worried so much uh, so much ever, and I think it's justified. Just looking at um, well, let's just see. Let's just see how this case works itself out first, yeah. and w- what changes the the uh, powers that be make. You know, maybe the whole COVID situation means that we can, for, to, to coin a phrase, reset, uh, <laughs> uh, reset the game in in a different way. I, I've got I've got no idea. It does feel slightly well uh, when you think about all the different factors that are playing on this. Not 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 even so much this particular thing we're talking about now but just when you think about the game as a whole with everything else going on the context it's in the financial issues um the fact that participation has been dropping for years and years yes the fact that schools are playing rugby less and less um well would yeah what school in the land i know well yeah he's gonna play it now i know um it yeah. feels it feels slightly existential what's happening at the moment yep i completely agree and we, we have i have no no good answers for it where does the money come from to fund all this I don't know I don't know about that JB um, I think what I, I think just going back to something if, if nothing else when, as we move forward I think an, an insurance approach could be taken whether yep. you know whether you know there's a, there's a pool there's a fund which then if retired players end up having these certain symptoms then there is a pool of money available like, like the you know like with the military uh, who's another group of people that suffer yeah. injuries just like this? Yes, um, yes, and there are benevolent funds, and there are the charitable. Uh, there's, there's military charities and stuff that that work with people that um, uh, have had injuries like this. Perhaps 
perhaps there's ways of cultivating that across the across the globe. More to point though, where does where does the money come from if these players are successful in their claim? Well, yeah. I mean, that uh, do we uh, do they fold the unions? I mean, is it going to be you know if they were successful against the home unions after the battering that they've had from COVID? I don't see how they pay it. Well, the settlement in the NFL, for comparison, was eighteen hundred players uh-huh. and ongoing um, numbers who may need it, and that I don't so I don't know how the money was spread, but that amounted to seven hundred and fifty million pounds. Okay. But I don't know how. Maybe that was a. Is that, that it? Seven hundred fifty million quid. Seven hundred fifty million quid. Is that? That's nothing. It's peanuts. If you think about it, I mean, how many players are there? Eight, there was eighteen hundred in the initial case, but there was. I think that was on the basis that they would that they would need money for more people as and when they happened. Yeah, that's nothing. I mean, if you think about it, the the, the RFU was turning over about two hundred million. So you're looking at what three times turnover of the RFU for the NFL. That's tiny. So that was eighteen hundred players. This case is seventy players. Yeah, but what I'm saying, sorry, but what I'm saying for um, for the NFL. I mean, you know, some some quick radio maths. Um, what's that? Like? Oh, where's Phil when you need him? Yeah, what's that? Just like about half a million quid each. What? Eight, what? Seven hundred fifty million divided by eighteen hundred. That's just a. Let's, oh. let's just let's just edit that out. Oh, no, no. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've only got one hand free, so I'll just do this. Hold on. Hey Google, what's seven hundred fifty million divided by eighteen hundred? The answer is 416,000. Half a million. Thank God. <laughs> well done, JB. Jesus. I'm a financial <laughs> advisor. <laughs> yeah, 400,000 quid. And they expect more to come in. Uh, if you think about, uh, you know, uh, restricted mobility, uh, changes to your house, loss, loss of income, all uh, I'm telling you now, um, 400,000 quid is nothing. Inflation. Inflation alone. If you've got four 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 hundred thousand quid, which you need to live on for the rest of your life because you need to pay your care your your, your care fees or your nursing fees, that is basically nothing. Mm. You're going to need a couple of million quid, minimum. I can tell you that for I can, yeah yeah I, I I just know that. Mm. Oh what a what a what a happy podcast. Yeah. Well, did you know what it, it needed to be? Uh, it does need to be spoken about and. Um... Yeah, I was just thinking. I'm still. I, yeah, I, I mean, one of the things that got me, and I can totally understand him saying it, but seeing a man who, who Steve Thompson won the World Cup, him saying he couldn't remember, he watches the games and he sees himself and he can't remember being in Australia. Mm. Heartbreaking. But he he said he, he he wouldn't be happy for his kids to play rugby. Yeah, I've heard a few people say that. I've heard mm. a few NFL players saying that their kids won't won't play American football. Mm. Yeah, uh, so it does feel like uh, some action's got to be taken, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, we, we we don't have to have all the answers. We we can just start a conversation and, uh, but yeah, illuminate us. If you've got any thoughts, you think we're right on some things, wrong on some things, um, chip in in good faith, of course. In good faith, or or, or just you know, take it, you know, use this for an, for an excuse to go through my Twitter and take screenshots. <laughs> I mean, that would be that would be the obvious and uh, good. I mean, in fact. That's what you should do. Go and subscribe to Rugby Line Break because they are so desperate for listeners. They they would appreciate the extra five listeners. They would. So, yeah, that, well, that'd be nice to them there. Don't, don't, don't even think about them, JB. They don't, <laughs> they don't deserve it. Seldom have I been been, been, been this angry. Uh, right, well, anyway, we are at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. He's at JB Edmore. I am. Uh, I'm at Cocker. Oh, one last thing. Yeah, one go last on, thing. Go on, go on. Go on. And this is a little bit more of a... More of a um, 
of a happy thing, I, I guess. I've been on email duty again. So I would like to say, um, we're not going to read your emails now, but we, but we do read them. Uh, I read everyone in in detail. So thank you to Alex to, to Alex Butler, thank you to Oliver Cousins, thank you for uh, thank you to uh, Ethan, Ethan Banfield. Um, there there are others, including someone called Stephen Jones, but not that Steve Stephen Jones. Excellent. Uh, we we read them all. I really enjoy your emails, so keep them coming. Contact at uh, contact egg chasers. Contact egg chasers at gmail dot com. And in fact, we'll have a little um, we'll have a little mail. Um, We'll have a little mail, a correspondence segment on, yeah, on so, Sunday's some, show. Some of these are absolutely brilliant. Right. I mean, they are absolutely brilliant. They're, they're good, thought, thought provo- thought-provoking pieces. We're not ignoring you. Yeah, <laughs> just well, you know. And, and I and I do like the emails as well because the two hundred and eighty characters, you you can't you can't develop a point. Yep. You can't. Uh, so so if you've got something you want to say, uh, whether it's to to maybe spark a thought with us. Uh, an idea of something we should talk about, or just uh, you know, you just want to throw something at the wall and see what sticks. Contact eggchasers at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you, and um, yeah, we'll be back the three of us on Sunday. See you yep. then. See you then. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.